Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I'm going to give you a brief message this evening, one that I'm quite excited to reveal to you. Uh, it's interesting how it came to me. I've got a lot of uh, different interests and things that I'm interested in in life. Uh, some of you might think some of them are quirky, uh, but lots of things stir my imagination and I'm interested in a lot of things. And uh, one of those things is buildings. I just love buildings, significant buildings, not just average buildings, but really significant buildings quite uh, stir my interest. And it's quite relevant because we've got an evening theme. Our evening messages have an overall theme called Build Again. And so it was no real surprise to me that the whole building thing kind of came to mind when I was uh, getting ready to uh, present this message to you. And so I thought, I like buildings and the message is about building again. So I'm going to be basing my message tonight around a building, but not just any building. Have a look at this one. That's pretty big. Uh, I've, I've actually been to Dubai and it's quite impressive. Um, the airport of Dubai is a long way out of town, but even from the airport, you can see that in the distance. It is quite a spectacular thing uh, to see. And then even when you're flying around the, um, the, uh, the city of Dubai, you're coming into land and you think, why is there a building out on the wingtip? It shouldn't be there, obviously. So it's quite an impressive building. Uh, that's the Burj Khalifa. Uh, for those of you that don't know the official name of it, most of you probably do recognise it. Uh, originally, it was called the Burj Dubai uh, when they first built it, but it's now officially called the Burj Khalifa. So a couple of stats then just to nerd you out a little bit. It's 828 metres tall or 2,716 feet. has 160 storeys, 160 levels into it. It holds two records at the moment. It, it's the tallest building in the world at the moment. And it's also the tallest freestanding structure in the world. So there's a bit of a, a distinction there because there's like communication towers and, and radio masks that are quite tall around the world. And so that's why it's also got that second record of being the tallest freestanding structure in the world plus the tallest building. Took six years to build, got completed in 2010. And the cost in today's dollars, $6 billion US, which is around almost $8 billion Australian. So took a little bit of money to, uh, to get that. So now that I've introduced you to that building, we're going to be having a bit of a look without getting too technical about what goes into building a building like that. And in investigating that building process, then we're going to draw some parallels to our lives as human beings and the things that go into building our lives as well. And just like that building took obviously quite a while to build, our lives also take time to build. And in fact, it's a continuing journey that we will always be on until we leave this, this life and go to be with Jesus forever. So my title then for this evening's message, Build Again Dash Under Construction, because that's all of us. We are under construction. So the first point then, as far as when you're building something, there normally needs to be a level of demolition. Now, Dubai is mostly sand. It's basically a desert. Uh, but I'm sure there was still some level of demolition work that was required. There was probably just rocks and rubble lying around generally. Uh, and certainly that's the case for most other buildings. There's always the demolition process that's required. And the reason for demolition is that things do need to get moved. Some things need to get changed in such a way so that new things can take their place. 
And that's pretty much like our lives as well. Before new construction can take place, there will be things in our lives that need to get taken away so that new things can actually go in their place. And if it's okay with you, we're going to have a look at a few Bible verses tonight that talk about exactly that. So here's our first uh, Bible reference. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So if I recap, we're talking about a new creation. New things have come. And in that same verse, it's also saying that old things are going or old things need to go. That's the bit of a, the demolition process that will be taking life, uh, taking place in our lives. Here's another scripture for us. This is in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. This says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And again, the recap on that one, I no longer live. In that first line of that scripture, it's I no longer live. And here's a third scripture to round out this little topic that I'm talking about here. This is John chapter 12 and verse 24. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Again, the recap. Something needs to die. Who loves dying to self? Probably not many hands. Maybe after it's happened, you appreciate that that probably needed to die, but dying is never comfortable. That's not been my experience anyway. But we can see by the scripture here that it's what God wants for us. There are things in our lives that really do need to die. And there's a second recap, and I love this part. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So not only do things need to die because they really shouldn't be there, but then we get a greater result as a result of that. And that's great news. That's really good news. Okay, so when you're getting ready to build then, the building requires a clean, fresh start. And that's exactly how it works in our lives. The demolition process, it gets rid of the old things that will hinder what is to come and what is meant to actually come. So the demolition's done. Now you get on to the fun stuff, right? It's building time. Let's go. Well, not quite. We're almost there. But the demolition is just the first stage. So that's point number one, demolition. We need to go on to point number two before we actually start building. And here it is, plan. There needs to be some planning. And to build a building, obviously like the size of the one that we just saw, I think the plans were a little bit more detailed than what you could scribble out on a paper napkin just over a meal with a friend or something. It might have started out maybe the, the picture of what the tower was going to look like might have been able to fit onto a paper napkin. But I'm pretty sure if you went down to, I don't know, Bunnings and said, hey, can you build this for me? I don't think they would have had enough ingredients uh, or equipment and they probably needed a few more detailed plans like that. Well, our lives are way more complex as well. And so there needs to be plans for our lives. And the good news is that God has got plans for our lives. And 
they fit more. There's more plans that he has for us than fit onto a paper napkin. So if you think the plan for your life fits onto a paper napkin, you're just not dreaming big enough. There are so many things that God wants for us. If you can articulate what it is that you like to do in the, in your life and for God, if you can say that in a couple of sentences, that's probably just a summary. I don't think that's going to be all of the detail. But you've certainly got to start somewhere. So looking at that building then, I mentioned we're going to be weaving between the building and what God thinks about us. I'm going to take you through just a few of the things that one needs to consider if you're going to be trying to build a building just like that. And you might actually be surprised about all the things that probably would be required, unless you're a structural engineer, in which case you're going to think, of course, we need all those things. But here's some of the things. First of all, purpose. What's the purpose of the building? Some might say to build ego, the ability for someone to say, hey, look what I did. Well, okay. Um, but that was a very expensive ego trip, I think. I think there's actually a purpose behind that building. And it was things like, is it to build offices? Was it for apartments? Was it for convention centers? Was it for wellness centers? Well, pretty much it was all of those things. But before any building ever gets built, there is the purpose and there is the reason for the building. Ditto for our lives. Then you come down to how you're going to build it there clearly will be a process. And I'm not an engineer, obviously, but I'm pretty sure you don't start at the top of the building and then work your way down because it would just need to float in air. And obviously that doesn't take place. So there are steps involved when you go about building something significant. There's things to consider, such as the building's strength. Will it be able to withstand external forces? And the bigger the building, the more structural integrity it actually needs. And so when you're thinking about how do we build this, it's referred to as being fit for purpose is another way of describing it. So will the building stand up for what it's actually designed for? Well, you need to build that into it. Of course, there is a cost. You need to work out how much it's going to cost as best as you possibly can. There is a time frame, a realistic time frame on how long it will take to build such a building. There's your equipment that you're going to need. There's the experience, there's the expertise that would be required. There's an image of what the final thing will look like so that you can check your progress along the way. And I think also so that you can motivate yourself so that you can know what it is you are actually working for. Then you get to the completion. That's it. It's all over. Everything's finished. Walk away. Well, not necessarily. The building has been built. But then you go right back to the beginning of what was the purpose? So the building's purpose was to house offices and people living, etc., etc. So for a lot of us, when we go into the whole building process of our lives, we can easily get sidetracked on the building process and forget about why we're going through this building process in the first place. And then when you arrive at that particular point of growth, that's great, but you've never really totally arrived. That'll just be what's next type of thing. And so there's, again, the similarities for our lives. So for that building, unless people did all of those things, there's no way that that thing ever would have got to the height of the 828 metres as it actually is. And likewise for our lives, if we're wanting to build things into our lives and make sure that things happen the way that we want them to happen, then there needs to be suitable planning in our life. And the great news is God's got your back. He's with you on this and he wants to help you. So here's a scripture that tells us exactly that. This is Psalm 32 and verse 8. 
I, this is God speaking to us, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And Lizzie, and thank you for sharing that message that you did as part of our worship. She didn't know what I was speaking about. And I'm listening to that going, wow, God's orchestrating this. Uh, he's sowing the seeds there and he got to speak through her about the fact that he's got plans for our lives. Well, here it is again uh, from a psalm telling us that uh, God will instruct us and guide us, which means that we do need to open up our ears and tune into God. And allow him to speak into our lives because he does want to guide us and direct us for all those plans in our lives. Now, one of the things I listed off in that whole building example is that you need to work out what the cost will be. Well, that's true for a building and it's also true for our lives. And, you know, Jesus spoke about the cost in our lives as well. Don't believe me? Let's have a look at this. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't running engineering school when he made that quote. That wasn't the true purpose of him speaking like that. Jesus often spoke in parables. He wanted to get the listeners, he wanted to get us reading this now, thinking about the cost. So he's talking about the cost of following him, the cost of making him... Just, uh, you know, Lord of our lives. And if you read through Scripture, particularly the New Testament, you'll read so many people started following Jesus, and it's, it's referred to many times. It will say things like, and many turned away, and many stopped following him. Jesus even had to challenge those closest to him. At one point he said, are you too going to leave me? So it's no surprise that human nature doesn't always want to stick at it. But if you know what you are signing up for to start with, and if you consider it, then you are better prepared for that. It's about having realistic expectations. I was speaking to uh, one of our, our church family members this morning after the service, and he's just started a new job, quite a high-pressure job, a significant promotion for him, so that's great for him. And so I asked him, how's it going? And uh, he's two weeks into this new job. And, of course, he's experiencing a high amount of pressure and everything's new and nothing can get done fast enough as far as he's concerned. Uh, he's got a great attitude, but he's certainly feeling that pressure. And I said to him, look, you realise that it's probably going to take you a little bit more than two months. Um, and in the corporate world, when you're going into a new job, there's this uh, concept referred to as your J-curve or a learning curve. And it actually says that typically when you're getting into a new role, it can take you up to three months to really bed down and to know how you were meant to be doing what you were doing and to feel really comfortable in that. So I wanted to encourage him. I don't know if he was encouraged because he thought two weeks is almost there and I said three months, take it or leave it. But I wanted him to have realistic expectations. It will take a little while. And if you know that up front, then it's easier to work through the I'm not there yet. Of course, you're not there yet. It will take a while, but you will get there. And so that's what this scripture is talking about as well. Jesus wants us to know that we need to make sure we count the cost and be prepared for what it is that we are signing up for. And by the way, the returns are just amazing. It's not about it's going to cost you too much. You can never outgive God. You can never give too much of your life to him. Um, it's just going to be a great thing to do. But it's to realize that there might be difficult times. There might be some challenges along the way, but count the cost. Not only, though, is God saying, well, just count the cost, suck it up, get ready, be ready, and just grit your teeth and go through it. No, 
God is so invested in us, he doesn't leave us high and dry. He wants to equip us. Here's a scripture that tells us exactly that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Isn't that so great? What a wonderful promise from God that he says, I'm going to bring all of these things into your life. Some of them might be a little bit unpleasant, like swallowing bitter medicine. But hey, the reason for it is so that you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And it's so great when you know that God has deposited something inside of you that you get to impart to somebody else. You get to pray for that friend that maybe is all that you know about. And you can do that because you've learnt how to pray yourself. And we're all there. We all learned to, had to learn how to pray at some point along the way. So there absolutely is a plan for God in our lives, and we just need to be open to that and be ready for it. And the best advice I can give you on that is say yes. That is the most powerful word I think you can have this side of heaven. Yes. Y-E-S. Just say yes to God and uh, he'll equip you for the rest. All right, so that's the plan. Number three, point number three, foundations. Every building, of course, has foundations. It needs them. And we need foundations in our lives as well. And you know, we've all got foundations. You might not realize it, but you do. Foundations, what does your foundation look like? How does it respond? How does it affect your life? How does it impact your life? Well, let me tell you, it's things like who you think you are. It's things like what do you believe? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about God? What do you think God thinks about you? Those are foundational thoughts that you've got in your life. Now, they might be biblical, they might be correct, or they might be slightly not correct. And so again, we're going to be exploring how to reset those. Because what we think about ourselves has huge impact on our capabilities. It has huge impact on what we get to do for God and even how we think about ourselves all the time. You know, I know someone who's pretty close to me and they are constantly muttering to themselves, oh, you stupid person, you are so stupid. I think, wow, why would you speak such negativity over yourself constantly? I mean, I get it occasionally. And so we need to rework that because if that's what you are saying about yourself, you've got to ask yourself, where is it coming from? It's certainly not coming from God. God does not think that about us. Now, maybe we do silly things from time to time, but that's not who we are. That's just perhaps what we do from time to time. So let's have a look then at how God thinks about us as far as our mindsets. This is Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 to 27. And this is him wanting us to have a good foundation. Therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So we've got choices here, but God is saying, read my word, listen to me, apply it, 
and you will have a good, solid foundation in your life. If you don't, things are going to come crashing around. Anyone relate to that? I can. It's great for me to quote these verses, um, and I can testify to both aspects of this. I've put it into practice, and it's been great. I've not put it into practice, and it's been not great. So uh, do the first bit. Put it into practice as often as you possibly can. Now, of course, foundations take time, and they take resources. Let's go back to that building again. So thank you, Shannon. We've got a, a next image for you. That's the finished product, but the next one is the construction stage of that building. There you go, on the left-hand side there. It's pretty hard to see the scale of it, but there's a huge big crane there. It was a couple of there with booms. You certainly can't see the little people, little ants that are there, uh, but they are there. So that's the footprint of that. Now, I mentioned that the foundation takes time and resources. The construction of that took 110,000 tonnes of concrete for just the concrete and the steel. That's the weight of the equivalent of 279 Airbus A380 jumbo jets. They're the big double-decker ones. Each of those individually weigh 304 tonnes. So imagine you had 279 of those, not with people in them, uh, all crushed down. You'd need that many of them to construct, and that's just the foundation before anything ever came above that. So the people that built that, they understood there's going to be time and resources for building things. We should not get frustrated that nothing appears to be happening above ground because all the work at that stage was taking place below ground. Next image. Thanks, Shannon. It's still that construction site, but what you don't get to see is underground. I tried to find a cutaway image of what was underground, but you couldn't. But basically, there are huge big piles of steel that are filled with concrete, and they got bored and buried into the ground. There were 192 of those, and they're 50 metres deep. Now, to give you a perspective of how long is 50 metres, this building, Metro Church, if you look on the outside of the building, goes from Beaufort Street there and it heads down towards Sterling Street. Down the side of the building is a small little car park. When you leave maybe tonight, have a look at the length of this building, which is approximately 50 metres. So that is the length of those piles. So if you've got this building and stood it upright, even though it's lying down, that's how deep those foundations went. Now, with all of that, they were required so that a building like that could actually get built. And again, when we look back at that uh, chapter there, Matthew 27, it talks about things that needing to be able to withstand rain and rising streams and blowing winds. Well, good foundations enable that to take place. And you just got to remind yourself that it does take time. It can seem like nothing much is happening. Those foundations that were built, it took them over 15 months to build the foundations. Now, if you were just walking past there on a day-by-day -day basis, you might think, what's going on here? There might have been a few fences around the outside, and it would appear that nothing was happening at all. Certainly to the outside observers, that was certainly the case. But those that were involved in the process knew that big things were happening. That can be like our lives as well. We can feel like nothing much is happening. But the master creator, Jesus, God, he's always doing things inside of us as long as we are open. And so even if you can't see things happening in your life, and if other people can't see it, just trust in God, trust in God, know that he is doing things, that he is building things. And eventually what foundations he's building, they will come out of the ground 
and you will see the fruit of that. Others will be blessed and others will be impacted by that as well. But you've just got to stay the course and know that things will happen. Okay, so that's foundations. Let me bring this message to a conclusion then. Uh, so thank you, team, if you can get ready to kind of come back-ish. My last point then, construction. Construction really is when it starts to get exciting, particularly when you are building something. There's fineness in progress. Things are happening and you get to see the fruit of all of your labor. But it doesn't happen straight away. And just like in our lives, the things that we are hopeful for, the things that we are wanting to have happen in our lives, they may not necessarily happen straight away either. Let's have a look at a scripture that talks about this concept. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. That's a concept about doing something. You might have grand plans and ideas about what you'd like to have happen, but I know how it works with God. He won't give us the big thing straight away because, truthfully, we're probably not ready for it. We might like to think that we are, but we're not. So like anything, you need to start small and work your way up. And God wants us to, he wants to build us that way. It's not a punishment that he gets us to do things bit by bit. He knows that we can't do it all at once, so he wants to help us along the way. But we can easily get discouraged and go, I'm frustrated. I don't want to do that. I want to do this big thing. But you just don't know all of those little things, how much they do contribute to the big stuff, whatever big means in your mind. Um, I know that as a young Christian, I I foresaw things and I really felt a strong calling in my life about the things that I thought God wanted for me. But in my early days in a church similar to this, I got asked to do some things and it was nothing like what I have the privilege of doing right now. But I knew that I needed to do something and I just wanted to start somewhere. And so I said yes to those little things. And I'm pretty sure that if I'd have said no to those little things, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now in this particular meeting. So you just don't know. That's that scripture, being faithful with the little so that God can build that into your life and so that you do get to do the much that he has planned for every single one of us. The other thing that we need to encourage ourselves about is that whatever you see in the mirror, whatever you see about your life, what others see about you, it's not the finished product. God is constantly at work in our lives. And he's doing amazing, wonderful things in every single one of us. Again, here's a beautiful promise from the Bible. This is Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are a work in progress. We are a work under construction. But God's the master builder. Isn't that so wonderful that he's doing amazing things in our lives? And finally, we've got to keep on going. Last scripture for you here, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I said that previously. We are a constant work in progress. 
And that meaning until the day of Jesus, what that means is until we get to see Jesus face to face, when we pass from this life to be with him in eternity. So God is going to continue to doing that in our lives. So I want to encourage you with with all of that, that we are constantly under construction. And if we just say yes to Jesus every day, then he'll be able to continue that. Now, of course, it all starts with the ultimate yes of you saying yes to Jesus. And I don't know all of you here all that well in this building, and I certainly don't know you all online, which we know there are many all the time. And so I want to give you an invitation right now, the ability for you to say yes to Jesus so that he can become your Lord and your Savior, that you get to meet God through Jesus. You give your life to him, you get to serve him and follow him. And with that, he grants you the gift of eternal life. He washes away all of your sin, all by you acknowledging him as your personal Lord and as your Savior. And we've made it so simple for you. Um, If you're in Australia, you can simply text the word YES through to this number, 0488-826-392. And what will happen there if you text YES, it's you saying yes to Jesus, really, but you're sending a text message through to us here at Metro Church, and we will send you a Bible verse the very next day with a sample prayer, and we'll do that free of charge for the next 30 days as a way of helping you start on your journey with Jesus. Another way you can do exactly the same thing, you can get an email version of that. You can go to this website, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Do the same thing again. Type yes onto that webpage. That's you saying yes to Jesus. And then you'll get those prayers on there. If you're on a new streaming platform, metrochurch.online, you'll see a yes tab up the top of the screen there. You can click on that as well. And of course, I strongly encourage you, do an audible yes. Say yes to Jesus. Say a quick prayer if you'd like to. What does it need to sound like? Whatever you want to say to Jesus, he's just there ready and waiting for you. So let me pray for all of you, regardless of whether you've said yes or not. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for those of us that know you. I pray that you will continue to apply this message into our hearts, that we will continue to say yes to you daily and allow you to continue constructing our lives, building us into the things that you want to do in and through us. Lord, for those that are at that point, they've not yet said yes to you, or maybe they did a long time ago and they feel they've drifted away from you and they need to say yes to you again. Father, I pray for those people, for others that are thinking, That probably is me, but I don't know if I want to do that. I'm not sure if I'm ready. It's just a simple thing. Let me encourage you if that's you. This will be the most powerful, profound thing you will ever do in your life. Just say yes in your heart to Jesus and then put it into action. Text yes, go to that website and say yes to Jesus. Thank you for that, for all those people that are responding to this message and to you, Jesus. I pray for that in your precious name. Amen.